Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Well, welcome again to Timberlake Church. I'm Ben, the lead pastor. I want to welcome those watching online uh, and our other campuses as well. Uh, we are in this series, if you're new around here, called Skeptic. And what we've been doing post-Easter is we've been uh, taking some questions that sometimes can be a little bit uncomfortable uh, and challenging for us. We've looked at uh, the problem of evil, of science and faith. Uh, last week we had a great, amazing uh, panel of women who uh, shared their faith as we looked at you know, Christianity and as women, how, how does that impact your life? And uh, so we've been on this journey together, and uh, today we're going to look at uh, another one of those questions uh, that's, that can be challenging. Uh, it is important to ask the right questions, and uh, I hope you, you feel the freedom to do that. We all know what it's like to ask the wrong question, right? Uh, wh hey, when, when's the baby due? That, that can work out sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Uh, the, uh, I've learned to, uh, it, by the way, if you're a lady here and you are expecting, if you are nine months and three weeks pregnant, I will never acknowledge the fact that you're pregnant. Uh, I've learned. Uh, uh, by, and same thing with spouses. Uh, early on in my ministry, guy, a single dad, had a bunch of kids, hadn't met all his kids. And I said, uh, he came up, talked to me afterwards, and I said, oh, is this your daughter? He goes, no, it's my girlfriend. Didn't turn out very well. Uh, there was a, uh, a lady who came to our Issaquah campus, and uh, when she was, uh, I think, around 12 years old, she had a lot of questions around faith. And uh, the Sunday school teacher said, hey, stop asking all these questions. You're ruining it for the other kids. And so for 20 years, she stayed away from church and from God until she found her way into our community. And I think that's what can happen when we don't feel the freedom to ask questions. And, and so here, here can be the, the balance we need to strike. Some people would say, hey, it's all about the questions. I think there should be freedom about questions, but it's not all, all about the questions. Sometimes we, we need answers as well. And so we're going to really live in that tension. Uh, I love what uh, it says in Isaiah 118, is God speaking through the prophet Isaiah, come now and let us reason together. What's even more important is, is the context of that, especially for uh, today's topic, uh, and we're going to take a look at that. It, it says uh, in the scripture, if you can throw that up, learn to do good, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow, come now and let us reason together says the Lord, though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they're, like, they're red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. 
See, isn't it amazing the context of that? God says, no, let's reason together. I understand you have your questions. And in, but it's in the context of do good. Hey, you can be forgiven. That, that you can experience the blessing of having God, a relationship with God. And I hope within that context, you'll be able to hear this question. People will ask this, is God intolerant or is Christianity intolerant? Pretty good question, although sometimes I think we're assuming something that I would disagree with. Uh, you know, well, we should just be to tolerant of everything. And No. Should we be tolerant of racism? I don't think so. Should we be tolerant of violence? No. So there are some things I don't think we should be, but given I understand the context, the context is people who maybe have different viewpoints and uh, different faith perspectives. There are three areas that we really struggle, and I really could do a three-week series, but I'm going to try to tackle them all today. You can judge whether or not I did so uh, effectively. Uh, three areas where we struggle. One is belief. Uh, the, the idea of, of the truth claims that are made by Jesus about himself. And, and can, we, can we believe that? Can we uh, really stake our life uh, on that. What you believe is important. It, it, some say it doesn't matter what you believe. I, I disagree with that statement because I have, and it's not just because I've read the Bible, it's because I have seen the show Catfish on MTV. <laughs> and if the, many of you are too godly to watch that show, and I think, that I, me too, I heard it from my wife. But the, uh, the, but the, the, the show Catfish has been on a number of years, and it's about people who have these online relationships. And uh, half the time, the person who was presented wasn't who they really were. What was supposed to be uh, a 19-year-old college student uh, wasn't a college student. It was a 58-year-old man living in the woods, plotting against the government. And so they're sort of, it, what, was, what they thought they were stepping into is not what they were really stepping into. Now, how about when it comes to our relationship with God, with our eternity? Even more important is to examine. If, around here, we, we tr I trust the Scripture, but, but we examine the Bible and what God would have to say from all sorts of different perspectives because what you believe matters because you're going to make decisions based on, you're going to make decisions about your marriage, about your career, about your finances. Uh, it affects, number two, behavior. Now, this is where I, I, I will get in these conversations, and not with good people like you, but other people, and they'll say, it, that people just have a hard time believing that I, I may have an action or an attitude that I like, and God may say, that's not really what I've designed for you. And uh, do you know that God is okay with that, with you disagreeing with him? He, he's right, but uh, you get to have, this is America, you get to do what you want to, but it doesn't mean it's what God has intended for you. And, and that can be such a struggle for so many of us uh, to get our minds around. Isaiah 55, 7 through 9, it says, 
this. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. That God's agenda, His truth is truth, whether we accept it or not. Like, for example, I wish it was true that celery was fattening and would give you a heart attack, and Krispy Kreme donuts were the way to health. I wish that was true. But it's not, right? Uh, we, we accept certain truths, right? Because two times two is what? Don't you people write code for a living? <laughs> yeah, it's four, right? So we, we, we count on certain truths. And it's so important because it really is, is directional in our life. And we need to know that truth. Jesus says, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. When I was, well, I wasn't in college. It was after I was college. I was still, I went to college at UW and then uh, lived in Seattle afterwards. Was working there before I became a pastor. Uh, and I lived in uh, Fremont, Finney Ridge area, uh, and really on a steep hill. And the hill was uh, incredibly steep, and it was one of those years, much like this year, where the snow was super heavy. And uh, most people aren't prepared for that. And as I was looking outside, I got to know my neighbors a lot better. Uh, cars, as they were going down the hill, even good drivers, front-wheel drive, people could not stop, and they would just go down the hill, and they would crash into one another. And uh, my neighbors decided that they would help, and so there were about three or four of them that went inside and came out with pieces of paper and rated each crash. And uh, they, like, uh, they're a kind group of people, right? Uh, and, and honestly, I, I thought that was sort of funny. But, you know, now that, you know, a little bit older, I, I take a different perspective. See, their, their thought is, hey, it's their decision. But what if they're going downhill? And, and it's sort of funny, unless you lost your car, you lost your transportation, unless you're hurt, unless your kid's hurt, then it's not funny anymore, right? It's devastating. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. See, sometimes this is a challenge for us because we want to behave how we want to behave. And you can, again, this is, you know, I'm not the police uh, officer of this. So what I believe about God says, God, do you have the right to direct my life? And it'll be counterintuitive. Where society says, you have, just, just accumulate more and more and more. And, and you, if you've been here, you know I say, be successful at work, get a promotion, make lots of money. But if you think that's gonna, you're going to find your purpose and joy in that, it means you have not achieved it yet. Because when you do, you'll find out that there'll still be something missing. God says, no, be generous. When you want to hold on to anger. And you say, I have a right to be angry. You have, but it's not God's way. Uh, I got real-time experience on this this last week. Uh, I, I was in a school zone. I was driving very 
slowly because I care for children and I got a ticket there before. And uh, so, yeah, but I, I was stopped at a stop sign and there were about 30 kids in the intersection and uh, they were going across one and then they'd cut across the other. So I stopped and I wasn't going. The person behind me was very, very unhappy. He thought I should just, you know, I'm assuming it's a he. Uh, he thought I should, it could have been a she too because we all sin, and uh, uh, thought that I should just plow through these kids or something, and so just honked and honked, but I wasn't going to move, uh, and I'm sort of like, hey, you know, there's kids there, and I waved at him, he waved back, didn't use all the fingers, but anyway, uh, it was an awkward situation, and so my, at that point, I would love to tell you, I thought, you know what, I just need to give this person a hug, and I thought, no, I, I did want to lay hands on them in the name of Jesus and, and talk to them about God and the realities of hell. And so, uh, uh, but I was very, very angry. And the old Ben from, you know, raised in, you know, my favorite place, Tacoma, would have gotten out of the car and shared a few truths with this individual. And I wanted to, but I knew that's not what I was supposed to do. In the Bible it says, why is this a person who overlooks an offense? Say, what does that matter? You know what it matters. And again, no judgment here, because some of you, it's cost you a friendship, it's cost you your job, it's cost you your marriage. When you said, no, I just gotta go my way. God will let you, but it may not be helpful, and it certainly may not be God-honoring. So, so let me throw this out there, and I know we're getting towards summer, and I don't want to challenge you too much, but I do feel this is important. When's the last time you changed something about your life because of what God's directed you to do? Were you not, not, not you, you know, a, a little thing, maybe you grew up, okay, we don't, you know, we eat fish on Friday. That's great. That, that's not necessarily in the Bible, so it's not that important. I'm talking about the way you treat people, how you handle your sexuality, you, how you relate to your kids. See, if we can't, and I ask myself this question, if you can't remember time, there, there's this thing where we allow Jesus to become Lord of our life. And we say, not my way, but your way. And, and do you know why? Because sometimes when we're going down that hill and we're going to crash, we never see it till it happens. And we just have to trust that God is good enough, that he's caring enough, and that when he brings correction, he brings it without condemnation. He brings it with hope. And I just know that for some of us, that there's something, and you're, you know it right now, and you're probably already trying to just brush it off inside. He loves you. He loves you that much. There's, there's another area where we can tend uh, to struggle, and that's exclusivity. Now, now, this is a little more from the intellectual perspective, but it has, it has some implications to how we relate to people. I hope you have friends who don't share your, your faith. And there's a way to relate and, and hold firm if you say, you know, I really believe in God, and, and yeah, no, don't compromise, but don't be a jerk either. 
if you're under 40, you may not know who I'm talking about, but there was this guy named Elvis Presley. Uh, yeah, so you, uh, there's a picture of him. This is before he, older, he uh, got addicted to peanut butter sandwiches and wore a white jumpsuit and was bedazzled. He was pretty amazing. Uh, and, and he was also known that he would uh, wear uh, different necklaces. In fact, three. He would wear one with a star of David, uh, representing the Jewish faith. He would wear one with a, a crucifix uh, representing the Christian faith, and one with an Egyptian onk, and that would uh, really uh, be about ancient Egyptian uh, religion, and all contradictory. <laughs> and, and someone asked him once, uh, hey, why do you wear all three of these? He says, I don't want to miss heaven on a technicality. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a lot of us, we, we, we buy into that, right? We, we, we buy into that because we don't want to be a jerk. But here, here's the thing, and I don't want this to become a philosophy course. Something can't be both true and untrue at the same time. You, you don't even need to believe in Jesus to believe this. That's just philosophical logic. And, and so, for example... Um, if uh, you have a Muslim friend, and uh, they, Jesus says there's three things you need to, that are essential to the Christian faith, and we find this in the Scriptures. We believe that He is God in the flesh. God became flesh. We celebrate that around Christmas. Uh, that He died on a cross, and that He rose again on the third day from the dead. And uh, if you're a good Muslim, you would deny all three of those things, and in fact, if you would say Jesus is God, you would be in danger of hell because of that belief. And so we can acknowledge that those beliefs are divergent, and really they're not all the same path. You still can show incredible respect, though. And I think as a Christian, it's actually a command, and the, the choice is are you going to follow that command. But know that there's a way that leads to life. And that way is through Jesus. So, so I'll get this. Well, you know, all religions are basically the same. And there is a little bit of truth to that in terms of morality. Most, most religions, not all, but especially when you're talking Christianity, Islam, and Judaism in particular, uh, on other faiths or maybe can be divergent on some uh, moral issues. But many are, many are the same. And you'd say they have the same starting place. One atheist author talks about that. But, and, and he says, but they all have different finishing uh, places. So, so we use language, and it can mean something different. Uh, if you've ever seen a Venn diagram, so like if you had a Venn diagram where you have two things that are similar but not the same, so you would have a dog, right, and a cat. Both are animals. Both are pets. Both are companions right? But a, a dog is different. Dogs are great. And anyway, so it just, you know, you get that. Uh, and, and cats are, someone told me they're giving me two cats after that. So, uh, or here's another one. This is uh, three. So, you have this. A bank robber, a DJ, and mom helping you take off your sweater. Are they the same? No. So, uh, yeah, if you can hold on the, uh, on that. So a, bank no, let's, uh, yeah. so, a bank robber and mom helping you take off your sweater will both say, what? Just do what I tell you to do. Not the same. 
A DJ and a bank robber will uh, both say, everybody on the floor. Uh, Mom helping you take off your sweater and a DJ will say, we could be here all night. And and everyone would say, uh, put your hands up. (laughs) And so, uh, are they the same? No, they're really different. They're not even remotely the same. But because the the language is similar, we can assume a commonality which simply does not exist. We love around here looking, in fact, I took a bunch of people to Israel, and, you know, we love looking at the history and the archaeology and even the non-Christian, that all affirm what the Scripture says. And Jesus makes this statement that it's pretty exclusive. Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, again, you might that's intolerant. It, it is exclusive. It's not intolerant. It's just saying if, if you need help and there's a way for help, it, it would be like this. So let's say you go to the doctor. So I just had a physical, and uh, this didn't happen, but let's say it did happen. Let's say I, I, I went, I went, by the way, when the older you get, physicals get a lot less fun. <laughs> and, uh, so you, so you, I went to the doctor. Uh, let's say I go to the doctor and the doctor says, you're in great shape. You're like an Olympic athlete. He has never said that to me, but let's say he said that uh, to me. And then a few hours later, I'm going upstairs and I have a heart attack. And I, I would go back to the doctor and I would say, hey, what gives here? You said I was in great shape, and I made decisions based on that. He goes, great shape? No, you are one Krispy Kreme donut away from meeting the Grim Reaper. And, and I'd go, well, why didn't you tell me that? And he'd say, oh, because, you know, sometimes I tell people when they're unhealthy, and they get really mad at me, and I like people to like me. And I, I just, I, you know, and I want this to be a safe atmosphere where no one feels bad. And what would I say? I'd say, I didn't come here for you to make me feel better about myself. I came here so you would tell me the truth because sometimes it can save your life. And see, this is why this is so significant. Jesus said this, and if you've ever been to a football game, you've seen the, the, the first part of this, uh, John three sixteen. there's always someone there with the sign. He said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him, get, get God's heart here, by the way, it is exclusive, shall not perish but have eternal life. And then this is the verse that maybe you haven't read to you. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. God's heart, God's plan, is that we would come home to him. You know that Jesus, if you're not a Bible person, uh, Jesus, before he went to the cross, he prayed this. He said, Father, if there's another way, take this cup from me. Because Jesus was fully God and fully human. Mystery, hard, hard to understand. But he knew there was no other way for us to be forgiven and freed and redeemed. And so he went to the cross. James 4.8 says, come near to God and he will come near to you. My prayer is this. Is that 
uh, yes, we will hold firmly to the truth that Jesus says, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free and have this radical welcome and grace. For those of us, we're just not there yet. But what does it mean for me? It's, it's easy to think about other people. So, so what does it mean for me? Let's make it personal. Number one, confess where I've been playing God. Confession, again, is about restoration, not condemnation. There's something that happens when we confess we're set free. It's sort of, sort of like, let's say you have a bill that's, you know, your, uh, your visa bill one month is just crazy. And, and you get worked up about it. But what happens when the bill's paid? Sort of forget about it. And see, that, that's what it is when, when, when we come to Jesus Christ. The, the, the debt is paid. The bill is paid. And there's a freedom of saying that I need God. The second part is even more challenging, is that's to make a change now. If you've been here during a parenting series, you've heard me say before uh, that uh, delayed obedience is what? Disobedience. And, and trust me, my parents were not very enlightened in their parenting method. Uh, they don't, I don't think they read any parenting books. Uh, so we read every parenting book. We read, we tried everything with, you know, uh, we did the, the one, two, three magic for a while. Found out that thing does not work. One... Two, and my kids are like, yeah, get to two and three quarters. We'll see how this works out for you. And so it, there's some about when we say, no, today, today. And you might say, hey, you know, there's, there's an area, maybe it's come sexuality, that's a big one. And my, what God says about that, the intention being the marriage relationship, that's not how I'm living my life. Well, you can... Say, okay, maybe I'm making a change right now, today. Today I'm going to do that. Maybe it's a belief. It, I, I don't know what it is for you. Uh, we had our baptisms a couple weeks ago on our, across our campuses at our 945 service. Maybe you're here uh, today or watching online. Uh, at 945 service, we had someone who was watching online. Uh, we have about 1,000 people who will watch live during the weekend on, uh, uh, on certain weekends. And they were... I was preaching about baptism being important, and guess what they did? They drove here, and at 11.15 said, I'm ready to be baptized. Went, now. And you know what that's called? That's called awesome. That's called faith. That's called something that's going to get you somewhere. Oftentimes, we, we expect God to bless what we, that which we have not handed over to him. Well, why doesn't God bless my marriage? Have you given it to him? My have you given it to him? My business. Have you said, God, that's yours? My time. Have you said, God, that's my anger. God, that's yours. My fine. God, that's yours. And so there's something that happens when we say, Lord, I want to follow you. And, and, and I may not know it all, but when I know it's from you, I'm going to follow you. Number three, Celebrate progress. This is so important. It's not about perfection. Uh, I hate to tell you that this side of heaven, you are not going to be perfect. But you can make incredible progress in your life. 
We talked about taking a next right step because you're, you're taking a step. We're either taking our next wrong step or our next right step. And are we stepping towards Jesus? And are we saying, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to align my mind with you. The Bible talks a lot about renewing our mind, thinking maybe not the way that you've always thought or that someone is taught in culture, but God, I, I want my mind to be renewed. I want to understand your love for me, the value of every person in humanity. And I want you to do an incredible work in my life. There, there's an interesting article, and uh, I'm sure from different perspectives, someone's going to get mad at me at this, but <laughs> it was written in uh, the Huffington Post, which is not a, like a conservative Christian journal or anything, uh, it, uh, by Dan Wiedemeyer. Actually, he uh, uh, runs... Uh, Campus Pride is sort of a, uh, an activist group, and he, he wrote this article, Coming Out as a Friend of Dan, Kathy, and Chick-fil-A, which if you know these two organizations, they couldn't seem more opposite, uh, and especially around the area of sexuality, they have different beliefs, but this person says he was treated with such radical respect that it challenged him to the core, and he said, we don't agree on necessarily the same beliefs, but the radical value that was shown in the true love and true, no strings attached, nothing changed. And see, see, God calls us to live in this tension. Number four, make room for those who struggle. It's okay to struggle. Again, the question is, what are we going to do with those struggles? Are we going to come to a God uh, who loves us and who has a, a way for us? I love what Jeremiah, it says in Jeremiah 19.13, God speaking through the prophet says this, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, so my question today is, are you open for business? Are you saying, God, I'm going to seek you with all my heart. And maybe for you, I've talked to so many people this weekend, it's an area of direction. God, I don't know what to do. I, and situations are complex. But if you say, God, I'm going to seek you in this, I'm going to seek your heart, I'm going to trust your way. Maybe for you, it's seeking renewal, that, that you become empty when it comes to your life with God. And I would just challenge you as I'm challenging myself. How can I not only think differently but live differently because of the claim of the gospel of Jesus Christ on my life? Or maybe for you it could be you've never taken that step of faith towards God. And today would be your day where you would say, God, I, I know enough to trust you. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.